there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick or... You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, you got game five coming up tonight. Mavericks at the Warriors. Celtics handled the heat to go up 3-2 in that series. The series now shifts Back to Boston. The NBA has changed a lot since the 80s and 90s. The league has modified rules to encourage more offense, and teams are running up and down the floor in transition, and guys are jacking up shots, three-pointers at an unprecedented rate. Now, that's led to a boom in scoring, but also a lot of teams have taken advantage of that, and a lot of teams have not. They've tried to. They just don't have the shooters. It's one thing if the philosophy is everybody's doing it, Let's do it. I don't buy into that. You have certain teams that are really good at doing that. And other teams that know, maybe we're not that good. Maybe we have a different strategy. Boston had a turnaround in January. Historical. They play defense. Celtics put the clamps on Kyrie and KD in round one. They kept the Greek freak and the Bucks in check in round two. And they've dominated the defensive end in the Eastern Conference Finals against an albeit banged-up Miami team. Boston has limited Miami to less than 85 points in each of the last two games. And last night, the Celtics held Miami to just under 32% shooting from the floor. Boston's the better team. When both teams are healthy, then I think we have a battle here. Miami is not healthy. The Celtics are healthier. They have a long way to go before they're considered one of the top defensive units in recent memory, but in a league that's obsessed with offense, Boston is reminding everybody, you still win championships with defense. That may come as a surprise to a lot of people because it's like, well, we'll just outscore everybody. There is always a moment 
in just about every sport where somebody does or doesn't play defense. And a lot of times you'll get those moments where that defensive stop there changed the outcome. Changed the entire complexion of a series or a game. We've seen it in the Super Bowl. We've seen it in baseball. We've seen it in football. We've seen it in basketball. Two of the greatest players, if not the two greatest players of all time, should be remembered for a defensive play. Michael Jordan with the steal against Carl Malone before he hit the game-winning shot that won the NBA championship. People forget about it. It's a great defensive play on Carl Malone. And then LeBron's block on Andre Iguodala. So these are the two greatest players of all time. And also, you know what today the anniversary is? Larry Bird stealing the ball on the inbounds pass at the Boston Garden. So there's three of the greatest players of all time. And all three made defensive plays. But we focus on their offense. And and I understand that we do that, but the game is played at both ends. In basketball, you have to play at the other end. Football, you don't. You don't get that opportunity. Basketball, you do. And when you make a play, make a stop, make a steal, make a block, that can change the entire outcome, the complexities of a series. All right, uh, we'll have a poll question coming up. And I mentioned our play of the day as well. By the way, I was looking at this. For everybody who loves these super teams, you know, you got to just piece them together. Hey, put them together and we'll, we'll win a championship here. I was looking at the Celtics roster. Jason Tatum, drafted. Marcus Smart, drafted. Robert Williams, drafted. Jalen Brown, drafted. Grant Williams, drafted. Peyton Pritchard, drafted. That's the core right there. Got a couple of free agents in there. And then I looked at Golden State. Steph Curry, drafted. Klay Thompson, drafted. Jordan Poole, drafted. Draymond Green, drafted. Kayvon Looney, drafted. James Wiseman, drafted. Jonathan Kuminga, drafted. If you're looking at 80% of these rosters, they're homegrown. And they're not super teams. They became a little more super because those players turned out to be great. And go back to the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics had the number one overall pick. They won the lottery, and Danny Ainge was the general manager. And Danny Ainge loved Jason Tatum. He wasn't a foregone conclusion, hey, this guy's going to be a, a superstar. And you'll, if you remember, when we were leading into the draft, I was told by a source, the best player in the draft is Jason Tatum. So when they were going to make the trade and trade down because they knew Philadelphia loved Markel Fultz and that the Lakers were probably taking Lonzo Ball. So imagine the risk that Danny Ainge is taking. He thinks Jason Tatum is the best player in the draft. Now, at the time, he didn't know he was going to be first-team All-NBA type player. He could have taken him right there. You don't run the risk. I mean, imagine... I hate to say this to you, Laker fans, Jason Tatum in the purple and gold. Yeah. Or Philadelphia, if you had him as well to go along with Joel Embiid. You might not need James Harden. That's what's so tricky, interesting, fun when it comes to these picks. Who you take, when you take them, you didn't take them, you passed on them, you traded the pick. Philadelphia traded up 
to take Markel Foltz. And meanwhile, Danny Ainge waited for Jason Tatum. Changed the franchise. You get draft picks and you get a player who changed the franchise. Brought him back. Relevance. And then you sprinkle in these other players. I mean, Jalen Brown, not many people knew him out of the Pac-12. Marcus Smart may not have watched him out of the Big 12. There was an incident that took place during his college career that, you know, he had uh, interaction with a fan. But other than that, you're like, all right, seems like he's a nice player, built like a football player. You piece them all together. Everybody knows what their role is. You don't have the jealousies there. You know, Marcus Smart had to realize he's not the second coming of Steph Curry. And once he embraced, this is what I do, this is what I do well, he became the defensive player of the year. Jalen Brown, it's tricky. You see what Jason Tatum's doing, you probably think, I could do that. But if you have that jealousy, that starts to eat away at the core of who you are. But when you win together, we've mentioned this with Scottie Pippen. He had to understand his place. And if he did, he was going to benefit. Because if Scottie Pippen went to play someplace else, let's say he ended up in Houston or Portland and never went to Chicago or played there for a little while, he'd have great stats. He wouldn't be an all-time great. And he wouldn't have those championships there. It's understanding your role. The great teams are littered with players. Chris Bosh, sacrifice your ego. All fit in with Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. The Celtics, Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale could have led the league in scoring, in my opinion. Uh, Robert Parrish, understanding your role. If we do it together, we can win championships. Individually, my stats may suffer. We're all about stats. Got to get my touches. It's when you have teamwork within the teamwork, and that is you sacrifice your egos. Golden State. Klay Thompson could have been the leader of another team. Draymond Green understanding his role. What do you need me to do tonight? Because it may change the next game. I have great appreciation for that. Understanding who you are, what you do well, and embracing it. And these two teams that are probably going to play for the NBA championship have certainly mastered that. At least outwardly, they have. I was wondering about this for a poll question, Seton. Mavs or Heat, which one has a better chance to win two games in a row? How about that for a poll question? How about that? Okay. How about that? I would say the Mavs because they're healthier. Miami's just not healthy. And I feel like the Mavs have one of those games in them where they may get a little squirrely and you go, oh, man, they're not, they're not missing. Now, you might say, well, that was the last game they had. But it feels like they've had shots because of Luka. And all it takes is if Steph is not hitting his shots. And, and Clay Thompson may not be Clay Thompson until next year. I mean, he's, he doesn't have that scoring burst. He used to be, you know, explosive there. He doesn't have that right now. But this is a team that is impressive. Uh, Mavs got to win three in a row. They are healthy, but I which team has a better chance to come back, uh, the Miami Heat or the Dallas Mavericks? And, and I would say the Mavs, even though they have to win three games, because I just think Miami is so banged up, 
And now they go back to Boston, and I expect Boston to win that, close them out. This program brought to you by Simply Safe. With Simply Safe, you'll always have somebody looking out for you. To claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off, go to simplysafedan.com. Also, great t shirts available. Father's Day coming up right around the corner. Danpatrick.com. Also, pick up some of ben, uh, Penny's Bang Biscuits. Want to thank you uh, for your uh, support of this. The biscuits handmade from scratch using healthy, all natural ingredients. 20% of all Bang Biscuit sales will be given back to handpicked partners, including the place where I got my puppy. And uh, Eric, uh, the big German, got his as well. All righty. Got phone number there, poll question, anything else that needs to be mentioned here. Pauling? Did, were you watching last night in the third quarter? Uh, what does a coach do? You play ball basketball. What does a coach do when his team is not making shots? Like on defense, you could go, okay, we got to adjust to cover Steph Curry or we got to try harder. How do you tell your team to shoot better during a game? Because it was a collectively – Bad shooting. And Butler, he was missing the rim sometimes. Yeah, he's not healthy. I don't know if there's anything you can do other than to try to play ugly. Try to get some fouls called. uh, Try to slow them down. And Boston didn't play well. You know, Tatum and and Jalen Brown didn't play well until third quarter. You had your opportunity. You just, you're trying to put your foot on the pedal and pressed down, but it's gone down as far as it can go. And then you realize that you're not coming back from this. I mean, Kyle Lowry came back. He didn't do anything. Duncan Robinson. What? What? It's like Duncan Robinson's going to get paid. Great shooter. And then you watch and you go, what happened to Duncan Robinson? He did get paid. <laughs> Tyler Hero wasn't able to play. They they just don't they don't have all the weapons. And if they did, then I do think that this is a great series. It didn't turn out to be. Uh, but you got the game tonight, and then the series. We'll talk to uh, Jeff Van Gundy. He was on the call last night. Jeff will join us coming up next hour. Yes, Paul. Duncan Robinson of the Heat. Remember when he was a hot property? What was he out of a small school in the Northeast? He was like uh, out of Wesleyan or yeah, something. Williams or somewhere. Williams College, Wesleyan. Uh, he's going to get paid over the next four years $16 million, $18 million, $19 million, $19 million. Yeah. And he has a hard time getting off the bench in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Yikes. His contract has a lot of incentives, too. Yeah. And if the Heat win the title, he gets $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. Well, they don't have to worry about that. <laughs> they, they don't. Do you think the front office goes, dang it, right? Now they, of course, get more value out of winning a title. Yes, Paul. Don't you wish there was more, were, was, don't you wish there were more contracts like that where it was loaded to where if you win the title, you get paid? Because that's pretty surprising that you. I could, would love it if you had marquee players and you said, if you get to 60 wins, you get this. Therefore, I'm incentivizing you to continue to play. Yeah, Paul. If I were an MLB pitcher, I'd bet on myself. And, you know, if you use wins, losses, that could be, you know, but if I get the Cy Young, I get $10 million. Because if, if I got the Cy Young, that means I really did my job. But, but if I'm paying you $30 million, I expect you to compete for the Cy Young. Would you, I, I don't want to reward you for something that you should be – you should be an elite pitcher. Or okay, I want to make you the GM, okay. and I'm Jacob DeGrom. Right. I'm the agent. I want $25 million and no bonuses. Or I'm sorry, I want $30 million and no bonuses, 
or $25 million and a $10 million bonus if I win the Cy Young. So you're going to have to pay me $5 million more to win the Cy Young. I'm going to give you $5 million for the Cy Young. I'm going to give you $5 million if we win the World Series. I'm going to the Yankees. Yeah. Well, he'll end up with the Braves. <laughs> I don't know why I feel that way, but I think he will. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and Holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. 
Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. During the commercial break, I walk over and Paulie is engaged in a conversation with Seton. And all I heard was G off. And I go, oh, Jeff Van Gundy spells it J E F F. The right way. Yeah. And I go, really? That bothers you? G off. Yeah, G off. Seton and I have this in common where. People who spell their names cute or weird ways or non-traditional, yeah. it really throws us off. There's a, there's a reporter we've had on our show named Jeff Calkins from G E O F F. And we're like, why, why, how does that? Where's the background of that? And so I'll give you a backstory. When I was a little kid, we had a gym teacher, and I'm not giving his last name, but let's say his last name was Johnson. Is um, Coach Johnson? Coach Johnson. His name is Coach Ken Johnson. K E N Johnson. And between fifth and sixth grade, we came back and we saw his name on the, on the there's a board outside the gym with the different teacher's names. Mm-hmm. He legally and paid to have his first name changed from Ken with one N to K-E-N-N with two N's. <laughs> okay. And for the life of me, I've never found out why. And I, I would, if you could tell me who killed JFK or why Coach Johnson changed his name from Ken to K-E-N-N. From Ken to Ken. Like, how much did that change how things were going for him? Like, man, nothing's working out with me with one end. But, but see, I would love to play up the Ken. Oh, Ken. We did, but behind his back as a sixth grader, you get in trouble if you Ken. call him by the first name. Why did that bother him so much? Ken with one end. Nah, I'm, I feel more like a two end Ken. It, it's not like he had a name that you I've made always fun. felt more like a two end Ken. <laughs> like if he, his name was Ben Dover, you just change your name altogether. But right. but Ken Johnson. Well, it'd be Ben mm, Dover, <laughs> which is worse. <laughs> ben with two ends. Mm, ben. Mm. Yes, Todd. It seems like, it seems like the, I know I lose letters. You guys, this Ken's gaining letters. I lose a D. You you think it's like the parents that. They think that to make them more special or creative or unique, yeah. they've got to like do that. Or the person themselves. There's a million billion Kens in the world. I'm going to be Ken with two Ns. And a unique name doesn't necessarily translate to having a unique life ahead of you. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. It's, I seem to remember, though, that when I was in school in, say, like the late 80s, early 90s, maybe, there was a real trend of kids spelling their names differently yeah you know like they would throw in a random y when there wasn't really a y there or mm-hmm. something i remember that being a thing yeah i just don't know i don't know if a lot of people actually followed through you know and changed their birth certificate or something yeah. over it like, you have to go to a court you have to pay yeah. like 400 bucks yeah and add that in into your name yeah Paul. i never told this one before and this is going to catch me some heat my sister is my my older sister is carrie pabst and she's uh, my parents spelled her name K-E-R-I, which I didn't think was weird, but that's non-traditional, I would say, K-E-R-I, right? It's usually Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E. Her middle name is, her name was Carrie Lynn Papps growing up. She's my older sister. About 15 years ago, I'm at my sister's house, and I was looking at her driver's license because she got a new driver's license in in the state. It had a hologram or something. I go, can I see that? She goes, yeah, yeah. I go, what the hell is this? I go, what? She goes, I go, you changed your middle name? She goes, oh, yeah, I didn't tell you. She legally had her middle name changed without telling anybody in the family. Hmm. And she goes, well, you're surprised? I'm like, yeah, you're my sister. You've had the same name for 45 years, and you changed it. She changed it from Carrie Lynn to Carrie Grace. 
She said she never liked the middle name Lynn. It bothered her. Mm. And she goes, I just went down to the courthouse one day and said, it takes two hours. Yes, Todd. And it's funny because no one ever really uses their middle name. No one ever really addresses you. In Unless you're arrested for a crime and they always put yes. your middle name in there. And that's like a serial killer when you have like the three names. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. Did, did. Has anyone in this room ever thought, I wish my name was something else? And you didn't know she followed through with it. You know, where you're like, I never liked, like, my middle name is Edward. It never bothered me. Paul Edward Pest. Hmm. But what if people called you Pep? They did. P-E-P. Hey, oh, Pep. Well, my initials were P-P, so imagine second oh, grade. Yeah, P-P. P-P. That's why you hate alliteration. Because <laughs> yeah. you grew up being is. called P-P. Of course yeah, it is. P-P. Those alliteration bullies. <laughs> we are doing a deep dive right now, dude. Alliteration bullies. You guys bullies. just figured this Yo, out? Oh, alliteration bullies. Hey, Alliter- P-P. They're the worst. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Paul. I like that. It explains everything. That's why Taco Tuesday has been ruined forever Uh, because of some young ruffians. So uninventive. Dangarang. I I hated my name when I was growing up. It wasn't until I became like an adult that I was like, yeah, Patrick's a pretty good name. But but what do you think of Seton? Oh, I love it. So, yeah, always liked it. Yeah. But your dad loves Seton Hall. Yeah. Did you try to get into Seton Hall? I did. And you, so. I did not. (laughs) <laughs> but but with I your application, don't you say, I'm my middle name is Seton after Seton Hall? I kind of thought I'd be legacyed in or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Kent Dorfman? I kind of thought that I would just be, yeah. Because my middle name is Harvard. Right. I, th- I, th- I thought that I was going to get into Harvard. I really, you know, I, prob- I probably had a good chance at some point, but then I really, junior, senior year, I kind of. Yeah, Paulie. My guess, and I'm, I've never seen Seton's high school transcripts. If he had like a 3.3 and his middle name was Seton, they're like, oh, let's bump this kid in. Let's squeak him in. If your grades are like my grades were in high school, it wasn't going to help. My my school career can be tracked by, now remember, this is the 90s. The longer my hair and the baggier <laughs> my pants got, the worse my grades did. And by the time I left high school, I think I was wearing like 42s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a 42 waist. My jeans were gigantic. He just took a shot at me. Yeah, but you weren't doing yours on purpose to was make a statement there. That's, I wish it was. I wish it was. Perfect. Yes, Paul. it's funny, Todd. That actually had nothing to do with you, but I'm glad we brought it yeah. back to you. Always there comes there back wasn't enough to attention you. to Todd yeah. being paid. Hit the very left out. You're like the puppy that's like, hey, and nobody's petting me. Nobody's me? petting me. Come here. All right, I'll pet you. Yes, Paul. My given name could have been University of Michigan, and it wouldn't have gotten me in there with my grades. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy is on the call somehow. We make the segue. Jeff Van Gundy is on the call for the Eastern Conference Finals. He was in Miami last night. Now he goes up to Boston as the series shifts to Boston. Uh, Jeff, welcome. Uh, Sounds like the show's already in progress, right? Um, Earlier, I was talking about Danny Ainge. When he was the GM of the Celtic, he traded down. They won the lottery. He traded down, even though he loved Jason Tatum. And I was wondering, why would you risk losing Jason Tatum? Because what if the Lakers took Jason Tatum instead of Lonzo Ball? Uh, Philadelphia loved Markel Fultz. But I, I was wondering that as I'm watching Tatum last night. Everybody looks at him and goes, he's a superstar, first team all NBA. But why do you think Danny Ainge ran the risk of maybe missing out on Jason Tatum? Well, in retrospect, it was a brilliant move because yes. he got added compensation. He probably knew that the Lakers were going to take ball and that from what he gathered, uh, they were going to take Fultz. And when you look back, you know, and these are the hard things about 
uh, drafting. It, it looks like a no-brainer now, but back then, I don't, I don't remember anybody saying, oh, yeah, it's a no-brainer that Jason Tatum is, should go one. And, you know, but now it looks ridiculous that Philadelphia did what it did and the Lakers did what they did. All right, let's get to last night's game. At at what point does Eric Spolstra, like, can you say anything to have your team, third quarter, can he say anything to help them shoot better? No, I think when you are in a funk like they are shooting right now and really playing, you know, they have not played well um, since the third quarter of – you know what, game three? Yeah. yeah. They just haven't played well. They haven't shot it well. Um, and, and frankly, Dan, I, I think they're not as talented as Boston is. I think Boston is the most talented team left in the, in the playoffs. I think their size is overwhelming right now when Robert Williams is available. I just don't think they have good matchups. And – if Jimmy Butler can't get going um, with Tyler Hero out, I just don't see how they have any chance of extending the series. As a coach, how can you differentiate between that guy is going to be our number one option, that guy's our number two option, that guy's our number three option? And I point this out because Jason Tatum is the star. Jalen Brown has to know his place, and then Marcus Smart has to know his place easier said than done, but as a coach, how do you do that where everybody sort of knows, like Pippa knew his place with Jordan. Um, uh, you know, you can go down the, McHale knew his place with Bird. I mean, the, the game is littered with players who understand their role, but it gets tricky when somebody thinks they're better than what they are. So how do you get Jalen Brown to understand, hey, as long as you're the second option, uh, we're, we're great. Don't try to be the number one guy. Well, I don't know if you have to differentiate it like that, where what you're trying to do is maximize the strengths of your all your players. And what I think is hard to do, though, is not have uh, the insidious nature of jealousy um, when someone like Tatum is first-team All-NBA, that you're not jealous of that, and then that takes – you down a bad path as as a player. Jalen Brown has been outstanding in the in the playoffs, and he's had a terrific year. And it, there's nothing he should not compare himself to Tatum. He should just like he's he's on a great path himself. Um, but a lot of players get you know, whacked out about. And it's not even the players. Sometimes the pe- the people around the players always want their guy to have more, to get more recognition. Um, and that's where, I, to, to me, where Milwaukee, uh, they've done a great job. Though, you know, everyone knows Giannis is the, the guy, and, and Middleton and Holiday, they play um, great basketball, but there's no jealousy. There's, you know, no insidious relationships. And I think Boston hopefully is achieving the same thing. We're talking to Jeff Van Gundy. He's been on the call Eastern Conference. He's got game six, Heat Celtics tomorrow night in Boston. 
You have tonight the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. If you're Jason Kidd, what's your approach tonight in San Francisco? Well, they've been in good shape in, in most of the games. They had, obviously, in game three, a horrendous shooting night. Uh, but when you have someone as good as Doncic, you always have a shot. And I don't expect them to, to win tonight, but I do expect them to play an outstanding game. Uh, I think they're going to play hard. I think they've done some really good things throughout the series. And if Doncic can get into the paint and collapse the defense, we'll get good shots. And if they can get good shots and make enough, they'll be in the game into the fourth quarter and have a puncher's chance. You like Golden State or Boston? I like Boston. I've liked Boston um, since the start of the playoffs. I just think their size, uh, the high-end talent, um, I thought they made some great uh, trades, so their depth – and then their defense is just otherworldly. Now, that, that is if Robert Williams can remain somewhat healthy. I think he's that important to their overall success. If I said you had to make a choice, you can either keep Kyrie if you're coaching the Nets, or you can keep James Harden if you're coaching the Sixers. Who are you keeping? I don't know. I think it's hard to determine that yet because you, you didn't see Harden for very long in – Philly, I think both teams have championship aspirations. They need those two guys to have enough talent to be legit championship-talented teams, and yet they both bring dilemmas to their respective teams that you know are not necessarily easy to resolve. So these are all the tough choices. You know, people that talk about well, we, they should let him go, you know, like Kyrie, let him go, right? Well, you don't have enough talent then if you let him go to win a championship. So um, I think the thing, I, you know, I think both teams um, keep those guys because without them, they have no chance to compete for championships. I'll leave you with this. Kevin Durant was asked last week, the center from the 80s or 90s who would flourish in today's NBA. Who would you pick? The centers from the 80s or 90s? Yeah. Who would uh, flourish today? A, a lot of them. Like, because the game would change. If you have that t- level of talent, you know, Ewing, Elijah, Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal, Jabbar, like, they'd all be dominant right now. And people that don't understand greatness, um, most people would absolutely uh, be great today because greatness, true greatness, is able to play any style and any era. I picked Akeem. He's one of my favorite players. I think he's one of the more underrated players, if that's possible. Well, if people are underrating him, they probably never saw him. The combination of defensive ability, uh, and then offensive. He could make a 17-footer. As he grew as an NBA player, he became a much better passer. And then his his footwork, like in the post, 
was something to behold. He would he would be dominant in any era. I don't I don't know if if Elijah Wan, if you've seen him, if you could underrate him. He was just that good. Safe travels, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. You got it. Thanks, Dan. Jeff Van Gundy. He'll be on the call for the mothership. Eastern Conference Final. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals now shifting to Boston. A couple of phone calls. Drew in Kentucky. Hi, Drew. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. I uh, just wanted to weigh in on the poll question. All right. Uh, six foot seven, two hundred and thirty-three pounds. All right. So I think that Dallas definitely has the better chance because the Warriors turned the ball over. Um, that's been historically what they've done, um, like, over their run. So I think if they're in a game and, and they can shoot, uh, you know, to the standard that it would take for them to stay in the game, I think they definitely have the the better chance of the two. And also it just seems that the Heat are obviously lost without Tyler Hero, um, and I think that uh, Van Gundy kind of alluded to it. Uh, Williams has done a great job for Boston, and um, I think it just favors the Mavs, um, especially tonight with the way that they play. Uh, the Warriors like to get up and down, shoot the ball. and You just want to put a little pressure on Golden State, make them think. Thank you, Drew. You know, you win this game, go back to Dallas if you would win that game. Now, now it's up for grabs with anybody in a game seven. It's, it's saying a lot, asking a lot, expecting a lot, but there is still that possibility. Uh, Austin in Cincinnati, then we'll take a break. Hey, Austin, what's on your mind? Hi, hey, Bob. Hey. First time, long time, 6'2", 250. I got a whose career would you rather have? Ooh. Joey Votto or Dale Jr.? Dale Jr.? Dale Jr. or Jer- Joey Votto. So so Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to no take Dale. for either of them. I'm going to take Dale Jr. Yeah, Paulie. Joey Votto won an MVP at age 26. I think he's like a six- or seven-time All-Star. I don't know if he's going to the Hall of Fame. Dale Jr. won some races. Daytona didn't win a cup title. Is a beloved NASCAR. I, His fan base is I, I would, gigantic. I, I would take Dale Jr.'s career. I'm, yeah, I hear you. I would. I would. And and I think you have to look at Joey Votto's career to realize what he's accomplished. But I I don't. He's going to be in the Hall of Very Good, I think, because at his age, how many more years is he going to play? Yeah, Paul. You know what? He's a career three hundred hitter. Yeah. He's got himself three hundred thirty three home runs. He was top five for MVP five times. How many hits does he have? Does he have 2,000? 2,000. Yes, Seaton. Do you want to do a, because uh, this is probably the most impressive thing <laughs> about his career, you want to do a quick uh, career salary? Well, I don't know what Dale Jr. has made overall. Like, if I look at business and everything else that goes along with NASCAR, Jr. was probably making $40 million a year as a driver. Joey Votto scoffs at $40 million a year. <laughs> Let's <laughs> take a break. Let's take a minute. We, we can do career set. Who would, who would have thought we'd be doing career salary with Joey Votto and Dale Jr. today? Dale Jr. is going to join us tomorrow on the program, by the way. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter. Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick slash promos. Joey Votto, Reds first baseman, six-time All-Star, won the MVP back in 2010. Giants-Reds game this Sunday on Peacock, the game of the week. First pitch scheduled for 11.35 a.m. Eastern. Joey, good morning. Thanks for joining us. What's your walk-up song? Jolene, Dolly Parton. Jolene by Dolly Dolly Parton. Does she know it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Didn't she recently pass on the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I kind of respect that. I don't know why, but I respect that. But she did get voted into the Hall of Fame. How does that work? So you get voted in, but she didn't she pass on the ceremony? She didn't want to be nominated. Oh, interesting. Okay. And they said, no, sorry, Dolly, you're going to be nominated. And then they put her in. It was yeah, well, Jolene always your walk-up song? No, I, I've used quite a few. I, there's something about that. It just feels sexy. You know, it just feels <laughs> sexy. What's the worst walk-up song you ever heard? I've ever heard. Um, I don't. Um, wow. I, I walked out to a, a, a jingle from Saturday Night Live. I was wearing really tight pants during that time, and a lot of people were giving me a hard time. And there's a there's a skit where uh, Will Ferrell and someone else. Um, uh, it's about I got my tight pants on, and so I walked out to that, and, and people were laughing. I did that only a few at bats. I didn't like being distracted by it, but that was one of the worst ones I've ever heard coming from me, obviously. But when you choose your uniform, do you want it to be looser or you want it to be form fitting? <laughs> now, now it's about comfort. You know, I I dress on the field exactly how I dress off the field. You know, I've got no name brands. Everything's bland. Everything fits comfortably. My shoes are comfortable. I want socks that are easy to put on in the morning, uh, a, a sweater. Um, and it's the same thing with my uniform. I want everything so comfortable that I don't even notice it. I used to want to be cool. And now I'm just about how do I do my job? Well, what are, you sound like you're 68, not 38. I do. I feel that way. I, f- I very much feel that way. Style has been is a is a is a past version of me. I, I no longer get into that sort of stuff. All right, explain this to me then. Bottom of the eighth inning, and you know that well. You yes, know I that do. Very well. Yes, Look I do. Look at you. Yes, yes. That's how I dress. How you dress is exactly <laughs> how I dress, Dan. Bottom of the eighth, you're up to the plate. Chicago reliever Rowan Wick threw a pitch pretty close to your head. You had already hit a home run and a triple. So what what happened? Oh, okay. All right. Um, so um, my interpretation of what happened. <laughs> so, um, and I'm, sh- I'm sure he has his own. Um, I, when I'm hitting, I, I don't I, – it doesn't matter if you throw the ball at me because hit, hitting comes with being thrown at. So – because the pitch was close, the pitch was close to me. I I just don't register it. Like I, I view it as ball one, and how how do I get into the box, prepare for the next next swing, prepare for the next quality pitch to hit. And he walks me on four pitches. Uh, sometimes pitchers just can't find a feel. 
Um, I never, ever during that event felt like I was being uh, uh, thrown at or that there was any sort of aggressiveness. I just thought, oh, just not as tight during that at bat. Uh, I'm going to go to first. And as I ran down to first, I, you know, there's a, there's a rhythm to hitting and pitching. Um, the, the, the generation I came up and even, you know, today, but especially the generation I came up uh, 16 years ago now, um, you don't talk to one another or else you run the risk of being thrown at, you run the risk of getting into a dust up, possibly benches clear. You don't want to make enemies. You just want to do your job. And now this generation is kind of the same. There's a little bit more uh, showmanship. But as I was running down first, I felt the rhythm of the pitcher-batter exchange. Uh, I felt like it was thrown out because he said something to me. And uh, oftentimes, uh, pitchers and batters don't say anything to one another. So I reacted. I said something back to him. Well, he called you an MFer, right? Oh, you! Yeah. I can read lips. I can read lips, Joey. You can read lips. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not it's not a common experience, and so I I reply with an uncommon, uh, <laughs> an uncommon. You know, I don't usually say it. I want it, it's done. The bat is so hard that that just getting to first base is a success. You want to bask in that. But, but does this have he, to do with the bat flip at a previous at bat? Bat flip. Yeah, did you did you have a, a, a gesture? You know, okay. Uh, he's I think he's dominated me, to be honest with you. <laughs> our entire and he's so big that if I, I you know the exchange I actually was I started uh kind of talking to him, getting angry, and I was like, Joey, calm down. He's going to bear hug <laughs> you and Sangeef, you know, uh, uh, pile drive you. This guy is going can slap you around in front of everybody. But he so, says to reporters after the game, Joey, that nice bat flip. You know, uh, I've got like 1,300 career walks. Um, it's perfected by now. So, um, <laughs> you know, my, my you know, um, my take is thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, but – you know, then the back and forth, and I felt like, I felt like uh, there was a bit of an exchange. But we move on. This is part of it. This is what makes it fun. Competition is fun. When's um, the last time you went to the mound? Went to the mound? Yeah, or at least that direction. Never. Never gone after a pitcher. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm not trying to be embarrassed here. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What am I, some kind of tough guy? I hit. I'm fine at that. I'm not a fighter. I mean, goodness, no, no, never, never been to a mound. I'm a coward. <laughs> Gonna go out there and be embarrassed. If you were a pitcher, you could be a pitcher. You can't be a pitcher on your own team, but you can be any pitcher in baseball. Who would you want to be for one game? Um, I, I, I love Clayton Kershaw. Uh, I'm such a, you know, one of the classiest, com- most competitive. He he toes that line of competitiveness, but then he's got a, a, a real grace to him. And um, I'd like to know what it feels to be the best pitcher of this generation, in 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 one of the most iconic uniforms in one of the biggest cities in the world. Um, I I'd love to know. I, I, I'm. 
perfectly happy being myself, but in this hypothetical alternate universe where I am some other pitcher, Clayton Kershaw would be my choice. Would Do you care how you look when you strike out? Do I care how I look when I strike out? Um, no, I, I do. I, yeah, it's not, it's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I do care. I do care how I look when I strike out because when, if you strike out, um, you can, you can roll. If you strike out in such a way that that can breed future success, you can roll that. You can roll that into upcoming at bats, you know, or if, or if there's a pitch that's probably outside of the zone, that's called strike three, you can pat yourself on the back and say, you know, I, 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 I need to not swing at that pitch to be successful in the future. So the answer is yes, I do care. Talking to Joey Votto, the Reds' first baseman, six-time All-Star, MVP back in 2010. What do you got, 2,000 hits? Something like that, at least that, yeah. What do you think you need for the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, I've, I've been asked that question a lot over the last couple of years. I need, I need people like you. It doesn't matter how many hits. I need people like you to not ask that question. In that, what do I need to be a Hall of Famer? I need Dan Patrick to say, future Hall of Famer, Joey Votto, as opposed to what do you need? And so... Um, do you think if, you're a future Hall of Famer? Uh, if, if you're asking me how many hits I need, the answer is probably no, if that makes sense. So uh, I don't know, and I don't have a vote, and... and I'm really in a place in my career where I just want to play well. But if you're asking the question, how many hits do you need? The answer is maybe no. So. It's an interesting answer. No, it's not. I, I mean, I've, I, you listen to, uh, you know, a long time uh, members of the media and their response is, does he feel like it? Okay. The answer is no. And if you're asking that question, then, I mean, we just talked about Clayton Kershaw. Does he, do you ask how many strikeouts he need? He needs. No, he's no. a hall of famer. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So you're, the answer is yeah. maybe not. You might be the Hall of Very Good. Maybe. 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 But I, I don't vote, and I, I sometimes I try to understand the, the criteria for what is a Hall of Famer and how well, it's it, changed in generations. Yeah. Well, if I don't feel like one in, in line with Clayton Kershaw, then maybe I'm not one. Uh, how do you keep the perspective of it's a long season the way you guys started out? Uh, you know, you have to do your own job. Can you laugh uh, it off? No. No. It's, uh, we started 3-22. and 22. There's no laughing about that. Um, Is there no, crying? The <laughs> There's some moments. There's some moments <laughs> where you're driving to work and you're, you're, you're slamming the wheel or you're thinking – isn't this easier but um no no, it wasn't a good start there's no laughing now that was funny so you like you broke the tension there yeah that was that was funny instead of crying you laugh you laugh (laughs) yeah but do you you take on a different role as the veteran the leader of this team of letting the younger players know hey we, we got a long season in my behavior. Um, oh, you're not a I, talker? Here and there. There's yeah. a time for it. But I do think that um, never showing that there's give 
like you give in or that um, you're, 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 you're happy with, or you're satisfied, you know, showing that every single day uh, you're in a foul, you know, in a, it's a, it, it, you're in a foul mood or you're dissatisfied with, with how we're playing is, is, is probably the route that I go. Um, I'm not satisfied unless we're a successful team, unless we're a playoff and championship caliber team. So I got the, um, let's see the oldest player before you to hit a triple and home run in the same game. You know who that is? No. Happened in 2016. Okay. And, uh, it was David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Very good. Very good. Hall of Famer, David Ortiz. <laughs> Hall of Famer, no doubter. You wouldn't have asked him. How many triples do you need to get into the Hall of Fame, David? One more. Is there part of you that says, I don't need a triple. Let's just stay at second. No. No, no. You no. can't Pride? You can't lead the league in triples if you stay at second base. <laughs> oh, you're planning on leading the league in triples? The the league lead starts with one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Paulie, how many triples does Joe? Do you know how many triples you have in sixteen years? I guess probably twenty, maybe fifteen. No, maybe twenty, twenty, twenty-five. All right. Okay, it went from sixteen to twenty to twenty-five. Paulie, well, I mean, that's a range. Uh, I got twenty-two. He's underrated. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. How many did go. Babe Ruth have? <laughs> There's some, some, there was some, yes, Babe Ruth, Hall of Famer. Okay. Who's a Hall of Famer now? Right now? Right now where you go, Hall of Famer. Mike Trout, Clayton Kershaw. Babe had 136 triples, just to let you know. Well, they played in the pool of okay. round ball. All right. right, okay. All right. Um, so Kershaw, it, Trout, like if their careers stop right now. Albert Pujols, Kershaw, Trout. Trout right now, even if, if he was done ah. tomorrow. Oh my goodness! Not even close. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Trout's the best player we, the both of us, might ever see. Um, Would you rather be Trout or Shohei Otani? Trout. It's not even close. Now I love I love Shohei. I love Shohei, but um, I I I I don't think I don't think Trout gets. Um, he makes so much money too. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> That, uh, but Trout doesn't get even the credit he deserves. Um, Shohei special, but Trout Trout's bad years are probably better than Shohei's best years. If I'm honest with you, I know the pitching special, but Trout is. I mean, he's a ten win player, and uh, he's averaged that over stretches like nine and ten wins, and I think Shohei's. Shohei's MVP year, year last year was like seven or eight wins, something like that. Paulie, um, what do you have to make Joey feel better? Dan, Joey Votto has hit 300 for his career, and he's got 333 career home runs. Players with who hit 300 for their career and hit over 330 home runs, there's only 20 all-time. Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Frank Thomas, Miguel Cabrera, Manny Ramirez, on and on and on. All of them in or going to the Well, Manny's not going in. Cabrera is going in. Mike Piazza. Pizza's already in. Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, but I'm hitting like I'm hitting like a buck sixty right now. That three hundred's that's that three hundred. I may not maintain that. So they're gonna have to ban that shift soon, real soon. Maybe. Well, Mickey Mantle batted what two ninety eight for his career. He dropped down under three hundred. 
Yeah, he had 500 homers. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He, that's all right. Do you feel better or worse after this interview? Um, I feel like um, I feel I feel, I don't feel good because I dress like you. That's the thing that stands wow. out to me. You and I have the exact same, like I wear wore almost the exact same hoodie to work today, and what makes me feel like what what that you have to ask me whether or not I'm a Hall of Famer. <laughs> And I have to answer it. The the worst part about it is, Dan, honestly, the worst part about it is I get this question asked. Yeah. Are you a Hall of Famer? And it's at the point now where people are uh, asking the question like, sell me, sell me. You know what? I don't, I mean. But it's a compliment to ask you if you think you're a Hall of Famer. What if they didn't ask you? How would you feel about that? Um, if they didn't ask me, nobody's asking Harold Reynolds if he's a Hall of Famer, or nobody Al, is. Al. Nobody <laughs> is asking Harold Reynolds if he's a Hall of Famer. Nobody. Um, if he's got a vote, I just lost a vote. By the way, yeah, you're, um, yeah, you're you're cooked. That's okay. Yeah, that's not gonna. Okay. But shake it off, okay? Come on, get a shake base knock. Come on, let's go. Come on, Joey. Here we go. Come on, man. Does that ever help when somebody says, come on, baby, come on, let's go. Come on, little bingo. Come on, you can do it. No. No? No, it doesn't help. No, no, no. Walk's as good as a hit. Come on, Joey. Let's go. And it's not. It's not as good as a hit. No, a hit is a hit. A hit is a hit. Yeah. A walk? A walk sucks. A walk is, it's so passive. It's so passive. Hey, uh, nice walk, motherfucker. <laughs> Whoa, no, nice no. Nice bad foot. <laughs> oh, That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. Hall of nice Famers foot. don't do that. Well, maybe I'm not one. Clearly I'm not one. <laughs> you just cemented your yeah. career as not See, a Hall of Famer. Thank Hall you. Hall of Very Good. Yeah. Uh, Happily. Happily. Very good's better than good. It, it is. It is. Yes. Uh, thanks for joining us, Joey. I'm so glad to join you. If you I, ever uh, need to have your, you know, morale picked up, spirits picked up, I'm the guy for you. Okay. By the way, do you wear uh, extra large or 2X? Uh, extra large. Extra yep. large? Yep. I'm sending you hoodies. Okay. All right? Very good. I'm going to send Very you good. a, a – it's Link Soul that I wear. I'm sending you a pile of hoodies that okay. you can wear. Okay. And I'll, maybe you just I, just wear the hoodies and nothing else, and you think of me, okay? Okay, very good. I'll um, I'll okay. Sounds good. I can't wait. To get <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Joey. Thanks, Dan. That's uh, a future Hall of Famer, Joey Votto, joining yeah. us on the program. <laughs> Hall of Fame interview. <laughs> Golly, he's funny. Uh, I undersold him when I said he's a great interview. They only need to win. That would help. How about that? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.